Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. I know, I know. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're great tonight. <laughs> great, because you've been a barrel of laughs. Mm-hmm. Welcome to. Oh, Why did me? we? Yeah, that was you, dickhead. <laughs> Welcome to Why Did We Ever Meet? Potentially the last episode if these assholes keep this up. I am okay. All right, you're done. <laughs> you're done. Nope. Nope. Oh, don't you're gonna. <laughs> Welcome to Why Did We Ever Meet? You'll get your phone back when we're done recording the intro. Give me my phone. I'm one of your... No, honey. No, I'm kidding. I'm one of your hosts. Wes, with me is my wife, Ashley. What up? (laughs) She's mad because I took her phone. She acts like her son. Give my phone back. Then stop doing that. I will. I didn't know the volume was on. Uh, A couple ways you can support the show, as always. Uh, Visit... uh, Find us wherever podcasts are available. Hit that subscribe button and make sure that we show up in your podcast feed every Wednesday at 11 a.m. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on probably SoundCloud, Google Play Store, wherever you can get your podcasts from. And if you really want to know how to find us, as well as find the other podcasts on our network, that we are a proud member of, visit jabroniu.com. That's www.jabroniu.com, where you'll find information on where you can find Why Did We Ever Meet. In addition to us, you'll find other wonderful podcasts like The Draft Pod, Biff Radio, Flow and Tell, Locals Barbershop, and I think that's... uh... I think that's ever Oh, Jabroni Wrestling, duh. Who are <laughs> they're gonna get real busy because I just saw the New Japan Cup bracket came out. So those guys are going to be bleeding from the eyes real soon. And of course follow us on Instagram at why do we ever meet? Follow us on uh Twitter at WDWEM Podcast. And you can follow us on TikTok at Why Did We Ever Meet Podcast. Uh now that uh, now that our our business has been dealt with in the front. I guess we're partying in the butt. I guess we are. Yeah, you lovely human being. <laughs> uh, this week we got some really wonderful guests. Uh, our podcast this week, uh, we were fortunate enough to be joined by Chris and Melissa La Martina. Uh, Chris is a, a, uh, pretty well-established and well-known independent filmmaker from Baltimore, Maryland. And Melissa, uh, who is his wife, uh, is a actor, producer, uh, musician, not unlike Chris, they do a little bit of everything. Uh, Chris, Chris has a couple of movies that are very well, very well known amongst, uh, horror and cult film fans, uh, Call Girl of Cthulhu 
and WNUF Halloween special, which has kind of become the thing he's most well known for. Uh, both movies I highly recommend you check out. Um, we had them on to talk about a little bit of everything because you know they've uh, they completed a movie. They, they've got a movie that was going to be out, probably out already, but due to the whole situation with the pandemic. Um, sort of slowed them down and has slowed down the production of uh, their next film as well, which they talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talk about, you know, a little bit about, of everything, a little bit of everything, you know, uh, the, they have a band <laughs> that uh-huh. they've been uh, working on writing music called beach creeper. We talk about that. We talk about the next movie. We talk about how they've been navigating this as creators, uh, you know, in addition to everything, uh, Melissa is also the, uh, a monster movie host, uh, go, who goes by the moniker Aurora Gorealis and how, you know, something that is meant to be a live show, how it was affected by all of this. And, you know, just as content creators in general, how the pandemic, which, you know, shuts the world down, how it affected the process by which they go about creating things. And, uh, it was a really great conversation. It was. I had a lot of I had a we had a lot of fun, fun talking to them. They are they're just wonderful people mm-hmm. who make really good stuff, and they're good people. Like they're genuine people. They're not. Uh, they they just they just happen to be really creative, uh, artistic folks. Uh, but they are just just the nicest human beings on the planet, and I really think people are going to enjoy this conversation. I think so too. Uh, we had a really good time talking to them and honestly could have probably sat for a few more hours and just <laughs> bullshitted about everything. So, uh, so you can, we're, we've got some links to their, their stuff in here. Uh, you can follow Chris on Instagram at, uh, at Chris dot La Martina. You can follow Melissa at Melissa La Martina. And, uh, you can also follow her, uh, her, her, I get. I, I keep saying monster movie host, but it's you know they, it's really like a live event um, horror host more than anything. Uh, Aurora underscore Gorealis, G O R E A L I S. Uh, yeah, but we had a really good time with them, and I think you guys are going to dig this conversation. So, uh, anything you'd like to add? No. No. You still mad because I took your phone? Little pouty, are you? No. No? No. 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 <laughs> so uh, anyway, we hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Baltimore's own Chris and Melissa LaMartina. Oh, we're, which we're moving to. We're moving to Baltimore. Oh, Jesus. She saw a Zillow listing. So <laughs> I don't know, guys. We might be coming to see you real soon. All right. You guys enjoy. Okay. All right, so this week's guests, uh, I, uh, I I feel like I say this a lot, but these guys do literally everything you can think of in every medium. Uh, filmmakers, writers, producers, performers, musicians, uh, and literally everything in between. When I think of people that perform and create art, these are two of the first people that come to mind. Uh, and we're going to talk about all of those various worlds that they participate in. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chris LaMartina and Melissa LaMartina to Why Did We Ever Meet? Hi. Hey guys. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Of course. We're glad you guys are on. Um, 
I do want to start by saying that you guys are like the king and queen of Halloween in this house. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, because every year we get a nice little gift package from you guys that Roxy <laughs> tends to get about 90% of. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's the youngest, right? So she yes. just has to be. Yeah. yeah she's in charge. I, I say that as a youngest. So. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> all, all, the, all the rings immediately on, our, on all of her fingers. Mm. Can't even, everything's gone. Yeah. She knows you guys as the people that send her the, the Halloween package every year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, we did watch What Happens Next Will Scare You. Oh, cool. During October. And we watched that as a family. Yep. Nice. Awesome. And, and they. Well, you're in it. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Cash and I are in it, so. Um, so that was a uh, that was a big hit for us. Yeah, that was awesome. a fun one. And Cash has, as I as uh, I think I told you this, Cash has shown WNUF to his friends. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. Aww. That's so, that's, <laughs> so I mean, I I stand by the fact that that's going to end up one of those like that's going to end up like a sleepover movie. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, I was going to say, it's funny, man, when we shot this, or not when, not when we shot it, when you shot the stuff with you and Cash, like, yeah. um, that was so long ago. Now he's, he's like, I mean, he's in high school, right? He's in eighth grade. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah. It was yeah. so long ago. Yeah. yeah. It took forever to finish that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so what was, um, so, so what was the process with that movie? Like, I know you'd started it a long time ago. Was there some downtime? What, like, what, what happened with that? So it's like, it's really interesting what happened when, when, when we were contacted. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll set it up this way. We had, we had, you know, WNF had become this like minor cult hit. And then like we had finished Call Girl, but it was still, um, uh, hadn't come out on DVD and Blu-ray yet. And what ended up happening, we were hit up by a couple production companies uh, like that were like trying to give us a little bit of money, like give us like, like more money than we'd ever gotten before, but not necessarily like quit your job money. Like, you know, like, like, like a hundred grand to make a movie and maybe get a little bit of cash for ourselves. So like this one specific company that hit us up, like I pitched my, myself and um, uh, Jimmy George, my um, frequent co-writer, co-producer, um, we pitched all these ideas and what happens next will scare you was one of the ideas I pitched because we thought it was bite-sized, right? Like we thought we could actually do it and not have to have like a month off work. And like, we, we knew we could do it, but ultimately like it, was, it wasn't one of the movies that they were interested in producing. And that, that deal for whatever reasons, like we just realized it just didn't make sense because of like, um, it just wasn't worth doing basically. Like, it was, like the money was not worth giving someone your hard work and letting them own a movie for, right? So what ended up happening was we had that movie, but we just sort of like after Call Girl, and I think this is something we talk about all the time. It's like this sort of weird, like, I mean, it's the idea of social media, like this fight for relevance, right? Like you always feel like you have to have your next thing. Um, and that was, the, and like, you know, I, I sat down and I really looked at like all the idea. We had like 30 some ideas we could make, uh, not scripts, but just ideas. And we were thinking about the idea of like, man, like the idea of like making something just to stay relevant versus making something that really like you wanted to um, like, you know, that, that was just really important and powerful and you felt like you need to make the movie. Um, and that's ultimately what happened to what happens next will scare you. Like the thematic statement of the movie really is like, are we producing meaningful content? Or are we just sort of doing jazz hands? Yeah. And um, so, but then long story short, that also collided with our lives. Yeah. Getting, yeah. Well, and I think too, it's like, 
with what happens next will scare you it's like there there is like the threat of course to the wraparound where there's cohesion there but other than that like all the segments are entirely different moods and sets of costumes and sets of actors and entirely different vibes so I think there was a lot of that too it's just like so many different moving pieces and it was almost like every one of those shoots for a segment was its own self-contained yeah production. aside yeah. from the movie itself that like there was a lot more time and care in that because yeah. there weren't like there wasn't one location that served everything right well, yeah i was gonna say hi for anyone's listening i should set it up what happens next will scare you is like a clickbait horror satire Yep. So basically it's like, it's um, in, in the anthology and there's all these different segments of people watching internet viral horror videos. Oh, you so. don't think everyone listening to this is just obviously already seen it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they here? <laughs> they, like, they like looked at our names, they're like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> Next. <laughs> but like, you're right though, because when we were making the movie, it felt like making like, I mean, like Dummy Up is like a, a quote unquote period piece because it's the 80s, but that one, yeah. like we, we did like the 80s, we did the 90s, mm-hmm. we did like, we like we did all these different things that just took so many different work parts it took a while well and it's also supposed to feel like each of those segments is real right mm-hmm. like it's not like yeah. you have that that mask over it of like oh this is a narrative movie it's all kind right. of operating in that world of make-believe like part of the conceit of it is you want all of those to be convincing so like every yeah. detail matters you know and it was tricky too i mean like while we were making that movie like i think we were, we were it took so much longer and i think what's really interesting was like specifically for me my job became a career whereas when i was making the other movies it wasn't it was just a job, right? Right, right. I was sort of like, which is always tough. We bought a house during mm-hmm. what happens next. Um, I mean, just like, um, and I, I'll say it's crazy too. And during post, I, I switched jobs twice. Like one of which was like layoff. Like it was, it was brutal. Um, not to mention whatever it took so long with it was the fact that my computer couldn't handle the 4K footage anymore. <laughs> like literally I had to buy a new computer just to do it. And, and like it just bounced around with the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But it, it was, um, I mean, it took, a, it, honestly, it felt really good premiered this year just it took like five years yeah yeah yeah. and the one thing I like like when you're talking about Melissa you'd mentioned how everything feels like its own separate entity the one I I would refer to immediately is the antique store oh yeah yeah uh with the uh with the stuffed bear yeah like that to me feel like that is a prime example of like that's the one that we all got real invested into (laughs) of of all things (laughs) Because, you know, you watch, you watch like, you know, like The Conjuring and, you know, those like ghost hunter dipshits, you know, and you know that they're fucking idiots, but you're just like, I mean, that sounded kind of real. And then you're like, what do you know? What am I doing? That's not fucking. <laughs> but the, uh, that, that one in particular stood out to me because you, you really were pulled into like, this is said in this time, the same way yeah. WNUF did. Yeah. It, it went from it. It went from like, oh, this is fun to like, oh, okay, no, this this is supposed to be something I, you know, as you guys know, it, you know, Chris with, with horror, it's like, I wasn't, it feels like something I wasn't supposed to see. Yeah. And I think that that had the same, that segment had the same feel as WNUF in that regard. Of, yeah. Oh, this feels like, you know, kind of gnarly looking shitty footage that I, you know, yeah. I'm a little uncomfortable as this moves on. And when I was going to say that one was easy, it's actually really funny. That wasn't early on one of the ideas I pitched. And like, when I looked at all the segments we were doing, like we, we cut out like three segments from the movie. There's three segments mm-hmm. that aren't in the film. Okay. And 
almost all three of those are probably the more serious ones. They are, oh, yeah. Okay. It was like, ultimately, it was just kind of like, these aren't really fun. It wasn't fun. And, like, and, and like, that was like, the, the brand is always like making horror comedy. So we yeah. like, so there was two things that happened and we didn't write the wraparound completely until all the segments were done. But, but when I, when we looked at all the segments before um, we were, we were quote unquote done all the segments, but then that spring, and I can't, this is either 2014, I think. Maybe. I, don't I don't remember. But yeah. it was like uh, 2015. My mom yesterday thought it was 2022 for like <laughs> a whole text conversation. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt the story. But that was the, the biggest mystery of the week. <laughs> I feel like you have to a little bit more there, too. I, but now I've completely derailed your entire We also story. told her we weren't going to tell anyone that out there. No, I'm talking about the <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that point. But anyway, like, let's go to this story. This is good. This is this is what it's like uh, to have a conversation with us. Yeah. yeah, so, like, okay, so I work at McCormick right now. And I, and um, Gail, my mother-in-law, asked for um, some Old Bay because she couldn't find it like anywhere. Big, like, a big, big boys of Old Bay. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. I'm doing this like anyone can see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little theater of the mind so our hands are about <laughs> yeah i'm holding my hands about apart from each other to indicate the size of the old bay so I, we go to the company store i, I get the, the old bay but like because of covid we didn't come by for like six months or whatever yeah. so mm -hmm. um uh um my dad came yeah, and picked him up yesterday two days ago my mom texts us and she texts us a picture of the back of the old bay and she's like oh man usually you have more time to use these and Chris didn't really know. He doesn't know about expiration dates. He's like, oh man, yeah, I imagine it'd be like a few years, right? So it says like March, whatever, 2022. And I jokingly texted my mom like, oh, you don't think you'll use that huge jug of Old Bay in a year? And she doesn't react to it. And I was like, that's kind of weird. I thought it was funny. Um, but then she comes back to us and I'm, I'm almost like, I want to like read the text because she like, comes back she's like I they expire soon and I was like yeah a year from now she was like no this year 2022 and Chris and I are like both on our phones because we're like one room apart from each other and we're talking to each other like what the fuck is going on right now <laughs> different year like is this a joke am I just misreading this text or did you so have we're both like separately texting her like trying to figure out what's going on and then all of a sudden she's like Oh my God, it's 2021. <laughs> did, did you have a moment where you're like, oh my God, it is 2022. We've been well, in quarantine no. for so long. Like, That's what I was going to say. Right? Maybe she's right. Yeah, I don't maybe, really know. Maybe, maybe we just skipped the year. I, because I've, yeah. been in those, I've been in those situations where someone says something, you're like, hey, you fucking, no, idiot. And then you're like, wait, wait. no, yeah. is it? <laughs> Maybe it is June, like you know, like yeah. where they get yeah. in your head. And you're like, oh my god, did we miss a year? Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like it always goes the other way, though. Like when you're like signing checks again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like writing the the past year on it the whole time. I've never skipped an entire year. That like reminds me of like especially around winter. If you if you like take a nap or something, you fall asleep when it's light out and you wake up and it's dark. Oh yeah, you're and like, you're what like year oh, is and it? you're and yeah. you're like, oh no, did I sleep through the entire night? Yeah, yeah. Is it the next day? Yeah. I was I was telling I it came up uh the other day one time that I like no. uh one of the two times that I got alcohol poisoning because I'm very smart and learned lessons. Um I I remember I was telling her and my mom and dad this. I remember waking up and the sun was right on my face and I for some reason thought I was dying in the desert and <laughs> was like what where what and I'm like oh you're in a bathroom and I, and then the next thing I did was like, I got to get out of here, out of the house I lived in at the time. <laughs> and like crawled to the living room and like 
my friend Drew is sitting on the couch and he was like, how long have you been there? I was like, I don't know. I just got here. He's like, how long did it take? I was like, like 20 minutes. I don't know. And I, I said, what do you, can you drive stick shift? And he goes, no, you know, I can't drive stick shift. He's, and I was like, you're going to have to, I don't know where I had him take me. I don't remember. Like probably I, I don't know if I had the wherewithal to be like, we've got to get fluids and rations. So like, I, <laughs> And of course, because I'm like, you know, early 20s dipshit, I'm like, well, don't take me to a hospital. They can't fix this. We're going <laughs> to do some pioneer fucking home remedy to get me past uh, the, the seasonal flu that I've been with. <laughs> uh, but I, I, that was one time where I was just like, had no concept of time or reality, you know, like it was just a construct and it was bearing down on me. <laughs> Um, um, man, this took a huge turn. So I was gonna say, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, was good. It was very. I enjoyable. just, I just woke up again this morning, just like thinking about that again. Like, how did she think it was twenty twenty two? And then like, my mom's not that old. Like, we shouldn't be worried about that kind of stuff. Yet. Why did she think it was twenty twenty two? Like, what does she? I, I just know she doesn't know either. She felt really embarrassed and was laughing at herself and had no idea why she thought it was twenty twenty two. She just did. She was convinced. Like, wow. like we she felt were bad. She yeah. felt really bad. Yeah. About it. <laughs> so, okay. So, so we had these. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, so we had all these serious segments that ultimately were like, this is like, doesn't feel right. And I really feel like it's not like, especially at, at that moment, we were like, everybody kind of like loves WF the most at all the movies we've done. So like, why, why don't we do something more like that? Like, why don't we bring back the burgers and like do something that like really, and not to mention, like, I really want to make a little monster movie. Yeah, and like you know, like, like ghoulies or like gremlins, and like I was like, oh man, it will. Like obviously, there's certain influences with the with the paranormal research couple, and I was like, what's our version of a haunted doll? <laughs> and uh, basically, we came with the teddy bear, and then the best part was puppeteering it. Yeah, well, so I made scraps. Yes, yeah. And then puppeteered scraps as well. And it's the kind of thing, it's like the same thing with Call Girl where I'm like, yeah, 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 act in the movie, but did you see the puppeteering idea? <laughs> like I'm in the monster, like sitting on a bucket, like puppeteering little tentacles. And with scraps, I'm like moving his little feet and I had uh, fishing lines set up and everything. I'm like, yeah, whatever, acting. But like, did you see that teddy bear? Like, yeah. like I did that. <laughs> yeah, like that's me. And like, that's, oh yeah, that's me on the screen. But uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what's really funny about like when we were making that movie, the crew we were using at that point, we had made so many movies together. And then I was working at a, as a creative director at this agency. And what ended up happening was we would spend all day on a corporate video shoot, and then we'd yeah. shoot at night. So nobody was really that. Um, uh, excited about doing dialogue scenes, but you brought out the fucking teddy bear puppet, and everyone was like, like Let's they were, know. they're having the time of their lives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that and the VCR, like when we did the VCR oh, gags. Yeah. Oh, we heard, had, yeah. Um, we had like eight people holding all the different string, like, strings of tape. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. funny thing too was when Roxy watches a movie like that, uh, she had to, like, she's either like, the first thing she'll look for is, is there a female? Mm -hmm. and and are they in a position of power because that is who i root for <laughs> yeah. so like the that black christmas remake she was all over that that nice. the craft legacy all in on it like those <laughs> are like they they have an audience with roxy yeah. um so right away melissa she was like i'm on her team so like she's rooting for you <laughs> in the movie like she was invested in the wraparound mm -hmm. 
I love that's, a, that's great. That's so good. How old is she now? She's eight. eight. Okay. Nice. Yes. Nice. Um, yeah. So we skipped a whole bunch of stuff, and I want to come back to this. Okay. How how do you guys meet? Where how, how did you guys end up together? Because you both were working in creative fields. I've I've liked Chris's movies since The Screaming Skull. No, I, I don't know about that one. Was that? Do you, is that is it, <laughs> which one am I talking about? It's on one of those collections. Oh, The Screaming Skull. I thought you said stall. I was like, what are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> um, you know I am. I have got these drummer ears. You do. It's true. <laughs> um, no, I, it was um, oh numb skulls. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, it's so embarrassing now. But it's it, <laughs> no, like, it's, it's so also, fun. It's, it's I don't also, think I've even seen that, have I? I think you'd be so upset with me. It's incredibly <laughs> offensive. It's like it's like it's like you're gonna be like oh oh no oh no. I mean, it's, it, don't get me wrong. There are some parts that I if know, I like, watched it would be in, insanely, insanely, like, still funny to me. Is there a statute of limitations on red flags? Um, I hope so. <laughs> 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 but I, I feel like you're, I, oh boy, I'm just going to stop talking about it. But um, I, I don't even have to copy that. Like, I literally don't, I, can't, I wouldn't be able to pull that off my shelf like that and all the old stuff like Eat Me or like um, yeah. Race. I don't have copies of. So um, I'm so sorry. I did, I did totally misheard what you said. I was like, <laughs> um, uh, but I was going to say. Um, now I want to make the screaming stall. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like that's. Just walk in the bathroom, the door opens you, and starts freaking. You could puppeteer a toilet. Yeah. There's I so know, much yeah. you can do there. there. <laughs> look who's talking now. Yeah. Or no, look who's talking then. <laughs> Yeah, that's terrifying. Uh, toilet um, butt. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's yeah. money. You're gonna yeah. make money with that. I know, right? Nobody steal that idea. That's that's ours. <laughs> okay, so how did we meet? Is that what yeah. we started? With? Yeah. Yeah, so it's funny because we had um, intersecting friend circles because we were both yeah. doing creative stuff in Baltimore. Like, yeah, I was doing Alaska. I was doing a lot of theater. Um, so I, our worlds mostly intersected like folks who were in burlesque, I think. Okay. Marla. Marla, who was doing wardrobe for Call Girl, I had been talking to her about how I was like, eh, you know, I've been doing like back-to-back theater for all these years and I'm kind of ready for something new. And she said, hey, well, my friend is making this movie and they're auditioning for it. And, um, first they had this, uh, benefit show like a burlesque benefit show dead man's curves i think yeah, it was called yeah, yeah. so i signed up to do that and i had this routine at the time one of my I, my routines were always like i really wanted to tell a story right it wasn't just sure. like oh now my tits are out like uh my tits are out for a reason you know so i had this story that was based on lady Macbeth, where i kept finding like blood on the the cuff of my jacket so of course I've got to take the jacket off and no no sure. there's more blood on my skirt gotta yeah. take the skirt off <laughs> so I did that routine because I was like I'm gonna get the attention I wish Shakespeare um, had done wrote it that way <laughs> <laughs> I'd go to a lot more theater <laughs> so I was like okay I'm gonna do this show to like get the attention of like the guys who are making this movie because like they're judging the thing and it's a fundraiser for them um but like unbeknownst to me, like Chris had already been like kind of like semi-stalking me on Facebook. That's like apparently. so. <laughs> well, I will say the first thing was we were promoting the Kickstarter. That's when we raised the money. And like you had like commented like, oh, what is this? It sounds amazing. Like when are you holding auditions? And I was like, oh, yes. 
friend request. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. he'd been kind of like, I guess I'll stop. Let's, you know, just looking at your profile. Every just scoping me out a little yeah. bit. So, so yeah. So um, I got the part. Apparently, there was talk of whether or not I was too old for it. Uh, after I auditioned, for I, is that true? I don't know. I mean, I did it probably a little. You tiny bit. apparently talked about if Nicolette and I were like too old for the characters. Is that true? Yeah. Well, I'm an awesome, awful monster. <laughs> awful, awful monster. You <laughs> <laughs> decided like you still look good. So. I do. I think. I, yeah, I do think you do look good. Oh my god. I, yeah. I was in my early 30s. Did I tell you that? You did tell me. Wow. <laughs> I don't remember here. that, but I guess I'm awful. <laughs> no. Should I not have said that? No. No, it's a good conversation to have. That's what casting is. Uh, Well, it's true because, well, because the big thing was not so much about you looking older at that point, but comparatively to the actor. Oh, yeah, because he looked like a little, I don't know if you had really cast him yet, or I guess when you were deciding who. Yeah, we didn't offer anyone any uh, any roles until like those made, like those were collectively made decisions together. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, yeah, so we, I mean, and we didn't like, so we started making a movie. Yeah. And then, you know. Just fell madly in love with you. Yeah, well, like it all kind of mostly <laughs> happened, and we spent. It was like it was amazing because we spent a week, like the cast and crew, at this hotel. I guess more like a motel, like shooting a more lot. Like of a no tell. Well, like, <laughs> we had rooms. Like we were all like basically. It was like being in college again. Yeah. Where it's like okay. you were, like living with these people, and so we started hanging out then. Yeah. And then we were engaged like six months later but the most important thing think, part of this story <laughs> is that is that um i i was like i'm well, getting too much into the the, the things it's like you know like i don't even know what i know this is good if i'm gonna say if you're gonna tell people i told you you're too old to be in my movie i'm gonna tell some good <laughs> stuff so melissa was seeing someone else um but they had like this open relationship kind of thing they were feeling out and i was like cool well i'm gonna definitely i'm gonna stoke this hell to fool around with this girl with no strings attached <laughs> because like whatever like that sounds dope she's really cute like this is tight she's all and not to mention like but down the list in my head i'm like not to mention she's here anyway <laughs> jesus <laughs> but, like, but like in, in my head i'm like i'm like man like this is the type of woman i would love to be with because like she's super creative like she's gorgeous like she's really funny like all these things and but i was like all right well the most bottom line is chris don't get feelings that's the most important thing don't get any type of yeah yeah i'm like got it easy easy for this sociopath so (laughs) so um i was like and like i was getting feelings but i was also like well there's gotta be some things that if i do that like would make me feel weird if this became a thing so this will help my my brain to walk it out Luckily, my dad was going to be playing one of the Johns. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so I was like, surely if this woman is in a quasi-sexy with my dad, I can't have feelings for her. That'll be weird. Yeah. So like, they were, like we shot this scene with with Melissa basically like um, twisting my dad's yeah, neck. Yeah, I was like in lingerie in a hotel room with Chris's dad. And then he invited me to, like, Chris invited me to family dinner that weekend. Yeah, the, the next week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, days later. And I'm, like, sitting there with his parents, all his siblings, their children. <laughs> I had, like, just been in my underwear with his dad. And everybody's like, how do you know, you know, Ron already? <laughs> yeah, like, well. Oh, he my God. Well, any- <laughs> I was very careful about that. He never saw you with your shirt off in person. Because <laughs> in the back of my head, I was like, I don't know. What if I do marry this girl? Like, and I do remember this all sincerity because I knew like immediately that I wanted to be with you, and I, yeah. I knew that I, I would imagine you being my, my wife. 
Um, so I remember coming over like a couple days after the shoot and like walking the, my dad's like watching TV in the basement. So I asked, I was like, dad, if I married that girl you were in the scene with last week, would that be weird for you? And he's like, Chris, I don't care. What, why would I what care? That's that? such a dad thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yeah. What if he had said, no, I thought there was really something there. <laughs> then we wouldn't be here right now. I'd still be in a basement eating cans of beans. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was talking to her, but I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember when we shot the scene, my dad was like, I want to rewrite this, Chris. She should be paying me. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but so it was like, so that, like, there is that intimacy of working together that closely anyway. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, I think it was easier back then, though. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but I mean, it's, 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 sometimes it is tough to work together as a couple. It is. It is hard. Like, Especially when I'm a huge jerk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it makes, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there is, it's, it's just like any kind of project like that. Cause I mean, I've been through that with theater too, that like you fast track closeness because you have to yeah. have that like emotional availability yeah. with each other. And like, I mean, especially with call girl where it's like, there were scenes that were like super, super intense. Um, yeah. you know, so it's just like, there is that rawness that just like has to be there. So, I mean, I think that's why like a lot of people do kind of like catch feelings for each other when they're working together. And then you have to also like do that little check of like, okay, is this that kind of situation or is this like a real, like actual like connection to be explored yeah. or is it just because like, this is what we need? You know, so what do you think now? So I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> we got a band together, two bands together. Yeah. So it's like we still need to, you know, have that emotional connection. But this yeah. drive this out for a while. That's true. Just on creative uh, relationship. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was like, something that was really cool because we did Vanishing Hitchhikers, our first band, like only like probably like six months into being together. Okay. Yeah, I think. No, that was when we rented that house because we were in that apartment first. And then once we moved to that house, <clears> and that's when we were doing Vanishing Hitchhikers. We didn't record, we didn't write those songs in um in the apartment? I don't think we so. We wrote one. Did we? I, I mean, I don't remember. I, don't I have a terrible memory. This is, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> us figuring out timelines. Like, oh. <laughs> but it was like, it was, I mean, like, that's what I think it's like, it, it's tricky because I feel like, like, like projects, like somebody ends up owning a certain thing. Like, it's like yeah. when we do Shock Power, I feel like you're the boss, you know, and I'm sort of like doing things that I think are like best of what you ultimately imagine. Well, like, <laughs> well, using that too, using Shocktail Hour, like, <clears throat> as an example, like, and I think that's where you guys have a unique dynamic is that's clearly your thing, Melissa. That is your <laughs> ship that you're steering. And, you know, and he's in the, he, you know, he's one of your crew. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, when, you know, when you guys release a movie, like, there's, because I do think of for a long time, I thought of Chris and Jimmy. And then it went yeah. for then it went to Chris and Jimmy and Melissa. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's always your name. You know, your name's on there. Is it? Yeah. It's a yeah. Chris La, La Martina movie. And <clears throat> I think, I think being able to like check your own ego that doesn't come easily. I, I yeah. I I was I talking to a, a former bandmate of mine a while back, and I told him I said, you know, I reread Bob Mold's book. And hearing how Bob treated the process of Husker Du as a business and how he had this vision and the whole time he and Grant Hart are butting heads because Grant's just, yeah. yeah. And, 
I hear what, you know, like I'm listening, listening to the book because I'm lazy, um, <clears throat> but listening to Bob kind of explain like as his musical career went on, people he lost. And I was like, oh, that's right. When you have tunnel vision on a project, you turn into a fucking jerk off <laughs> and you risk the you risk upsetting people in your life. Yeah. And you guys have to balance that. Then you have to go home together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's true. I mean, like, I, there's in, in more than plenty of times where I feel like I've been like, something has been so precious or like I have something like a very specific vision where like, I don't even want to justify why I want to do something. I just want to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, and sometimes it's really hard for criticism when something's really precious to you creatively. I mean, I think that's like, there's definitely been times where like, I know I've been a dick and then like, I'm like, maybe I just need to walk away from this right now and like come back and apologize in a second. So. Well, and I think too, it's like, it's, it's harder when it's something like a band where it's kind of like that shared vision, unless I guess you need to have a conversation about like, you know, who has final word on things. Like I'm thinking about with like beach creeper, like there are four of us, you know? And um, so that I feel like the lines get a little fuzzier, but for me, like working on what happens next in particular as a producer, and then also as an actor in it, it's like, you know, I had stakes in the project, but at the end of the day, it's like, I always had to keep in mind, like, this was really, like you said, was like a Chris LaMartina film, right? Like his name is like yes. front and center yeah. there. So it's, if I had opinions on something, I would pull Chris aside and like privately yeah. say like, hey, that doesn't seem to be working. Like, yeah. do you, are you cool with that? Instead of just like blurting out, like, I have a note too, you yeah. know? <laughs> it's like, like with you, like you're, you're, you're definitely whose opinion I respect the most out of any one so it's like when you don't like something that i want to do it feels like well she's got really good fucking opinions and she doesn't like this This yeah it does hurt my feelings and also she's probably wrong but maybe right like (laughs) so like it really it creeps up like with creative stuff it creeps self-doubt to the point where it's like Mm -hmm. it it makes it it, it's just so much more intense when it comes from somebody that you're you know you yes yeah like i i've always said I think the thing that has always kept me in check is she is very like, she runs this roost, right? Like she's in charge of this show and I am one of the idiots that she has to keep in line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like when I'm involved in some project, whatever it is, if I, if I always end up in another band and she's like, okay, whatever. And <laughs> like working on another movie. And she, you know, she just, she's always rolled with it, but she's also the person who I want a compliment from or feedback from more than anybody. And she is the hardest person to pry that out of. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so, and she's not involved. She's just like, okay, yep. All right. I hear it or I see it. You guys are working on that same thing. Yeah. yeah trying to gain the approval from one another that can't be easy because then you have all the other people out there that are like so are we good are yeah they- like uh, our mom and dad fighting <laughs> like <laughs> and i would say that's interesting too because it's like you you almost have to pick your this sounds like more aggressive than it needs to sound but like you pick your battles like what do you yeah. really give your important yes, feedback you on yeah. versus yeah. like if you like that color, that's fine. But like versus right. versus like you cannot put that scene in that movie. That's offensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing too. Like it's a judgment call where it's like if if it's like oh I wouldn't have done this thing this way. Like who cares? It's not me. It's not yeah. my decision, right? Yeah. But if it is something where I'm like that might be offensive or like 
that is like just really shitty and that whatever that actor is doing isn't really working like if I if I feel strongly it's like that's when I'll speak up about something but it's um because I've been on the other side of that too like mm -hmm. as an actor like doing shows where yeah. you do have a couple who can't really decide like who's steering the ship and like yes. whose opinion matters most in what context so like I would be at rehearsals sometimes where like, it would be like mom and dad are fighting and we're right. all just like, all the actors are just kind of sitting like waiting <laughs> to see the outcome and if we can keep rehearsing or not, you know? See, that's something that's interesting to me too, because like, and I'm not asking for what that circumstance was specifically. Yeah, yeah probably not good idea. But, but like, I'm thinking like, that's why I always feel like a project needs to have like a director, mm -hmm. like whether it's like Shocktail or whether it's like, um, you know, making the movies, like, it's like, you need a final aesthetic choice and tonal yeah. ch choice. Just because that's the thing that like, you watch like those movies that have like 20 writers or like multiple directors of a project and tone is always what goes yeah. crazy. And I think that's part of like what helps me with when we're working together too, is that like I've directed theater enough yeah. that I'm yeah. like, I know I don't want an actor giving another actor notes like directly yeah. or yeah. like yeah. things that like drive me yeah. insane because I don't think they're appropriate. And so I'm like, I don't want to be that person to you, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. In, in, amidst the pandemic like because the movie came out uh, it, it was available uh during the fall yeah so, yeah it was um it was on for a week on um nightmare film fest yeah, Close yeah. To, you guys you're cleveland right yes yeah okay yeah we're, so, we're so. about 90 minutes uh uh west of cleveland yeah okay okay um so like we we were available to stream for a week on nightmares film fest platform and then we did shock killer yeah. showed it mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah, okay yeah. and yeah. with with that with that in mind like um because i mean we our lives went haywire just you yeah. know in general with like the kids were the, the kids school closed home, yeah she got laid off i got <clears throat> furloughed for lack of a better term for two months Mm -hmm. like yeah. Yeah. you yeah. know like everybody's life went into upheaval yeah what did you guys foresee like the movie comes out in october it's it, it it's on a digital platform it made it easier to access but how have you guys navigated this because you've had ongoing projects with with shocktail how are you navigating continuing to work creatively amidst the amidst a world that's like you can't you have no outlet for this right now yeah, so with, you know, with Shocktail, so I was scheduled to have a show last March because I was doing the show once a month at yeah. a, a restaurant here in Baltimore. Um, so it was like the day of that show and stuff was just starting to happen and people were just starting to say like, maybe we shouldn't be going out. So like I made the call that day to do that show live online and I had no idea how to do that right I like had never like live streamed something so I was frantically trying to figure out how to do that and I mean it was so janky it was like we did it in we we have a set built in the basement but and that was for WF2 yeah we built so it. luckily yeah. we had this set because we were like oh, we could use this for like shot tail promos not like oh we'll use this for the actual show so we had it where we had like the computer setup and like the audio was all shitty. And like when it came time to show the movie, we would like actually physically move the laptop like over to the screen. Because <laughs> yeah. it was just like, oh, we don't really know how to do this, but people right. had fun with it and yeah. we kept it going. So it's been really cool to do Shock Tail Hour remotely because now I have people watching like 
around the country who never would have been exposed to this show. And so like, that's been really, really cool. But with stuff like WNUF, like making the sequel, we just, I mean, we were scheduled to have a big like hundred plus person shoot April of last year. And you know, for a while, like when we didn't know what was going on, it's like, we had it still scheduled. And then obviously like, we weren't going to put anybody in harm's way, but since then, you know, everything pretty much shut down. And then we started doing shoots where we could work with like one person, like we'd have one person, um, we'd leave the wardrobe like out. Cause if it was just like a shirt going over another shirt, right? right. Like we'd leave it out on our porch. The guy changed his shirt in the car. We had everything all set up outside so that we never needed to be anywhere close to him. But I mean, that was even a while. We that was like, we, that we right didn't do away. that till till may or probably may yeah. yeah so like there are two months where we really didn't know what the fuck we we're doing and, yeah. and like yeah. it's kind of funny because like i've been really like tight-lipped about what wnf2 is about um but like it like what i can say sorry i gave away there's a guy in a shirt no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> man no. <laughs> there, goes, there goes the chippendale subplot maybe everyone just, thought maybe was gonna bleep that out just <laughs> We'll edit no, it right like, out. No one will edit. Yeah. Calling the president of the internet right yeah. now. Good. Good. <laughs> it was like, it was funny because I like so like what I will say to the set of the movie is that um uh there there's still commercial breaks and all that stuff, but it takes place in the nineties. So yeah. like I foolishly foolishly made all the commercials first because yeah. now it would have been so oh. fucking easy to do all the commercials yeah. during yeah in place so like i fucked up because i spent the first year making the movie when i should have been making the story segments so long story short we had a lot of story segments that just had to be like there's some stuff we won't be able to do until everyone is vaccinated so like like, it's not like if it comes out next halloween um i will feel fantastic um okay i think we will yeah yeah but yeah it's good yeah i mean it's just it's all about like when you know when the vaccines are all rolled out and everything so we're just trying to be flexible with that. Like, but we, we did a whole thing where we like, Chris wrote on paper, like every scene in it. And we had okay. files that were like safe to shoot now, maybe safe in X number of months. Right. Hell no, we can't do this right now, you yeah. know, until yeah. like everything is safe. So we kind of divided it into buckets and then just started tackling what we could. Yeah, I mean, I, I would probably say there's probably like 30 pages of the movie mm-hmm. that we can't do till after COVID. Wow. So that's, so that's, a, a, that's a good hook. Like, no, dude, it's it's a ton, yeah. But it's also like this movie's fucking nuts because like it's funny. I was thinking about this because we're like I was looking at the original WNF the other um, day because um, hopefully, knock on wood, it's gonna be coming out on Blu-ray this fall, and yeah. um, which is kind of funny because it's standard definition, so it's gonna look like the right? same movie on Blu-ray. But people <laughs> like movies. people like them. <laughs> but I was looking at it and I was like, man, like I used to like knock out so many of these. Like I could knock out like three commercials for the old WNF like in a day. They're like easy to do. Whereas the '90s ones are so much more difficult mm-hmm. because like. The, the level of effort is just a little bit more sophisticated because I didn't yeah, do more yeah. design and more things like that. So, but no, I mean, it's just a weird time. I mean, the other thing without giving too much of the movie, like there was an opening scene of the movie that we wanted to have as a live action thing, but we realized if we could turn it into an animated type component, it would yeah. be easier to do mm-hmm. um, now. So that's what we did. That was Melissa's idea to turn it from live action to animation. Cause actually I think it works tonally a lot better. Yeah, I think it's really good. Yeah. It, it, um, it's something unexpected, you know? Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. And, and like you had mentioned too, like with the vaccination rollout, like for Ohio, uh, uh, as an example, like my parents got their second vaccinations. They're good to go. Very, like very pleased with that. It's not even on our radar for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. I don't even know when that's a possibility. No. 
Yeah. No. And, and I don't. I don't feel like there's a clear explanation. That's that's another issue. Like I don't know how it is in Maryland, but at least here, like I don't feel like there's any like clear explanation. Like this no. is definitely how it's gonna go. Oh no! Like everybody here is just like signing up on all of the websites that you can for alerts, and maybe you'll get one. Yeah, because right. like Chris is in the group before I. I'm just yeah. in the like the general public group, but Chris okay. is in the group before that because of being type one diabetic. But like sure. we don't know when he gets to get one. Yeah. But like meanwhile, it's like they had. Um, a, a good friend of mine got hers really early because she's a social worker. But okay. she was like, I don't understand why, because all my work is remote. Like she doesn't see people in person at yeah. all. Yeah. But she was like, oh, I'm gonna get it because I can. But you know, yeah. I feel like people who work in grocery stores, like service workers, yeah. should have been top of the list. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I feel I feel like I mean, if there's anything we learned in the last few years is like, is truly like how ineffective our government can be or yeah. intentionally will be if mm -hmm. it suits them. And yeah. now we're, now I think we've hit, we're, you know, we've, we've reached a, a crossroads where we've cost half a million lives with ineffective mm -hmm. governing. And yeah. now we're at a point where you it should or get off the pot like i'm glad one administration is gone we're all four i think clearly are very happy to see those fuck holes leave yeah <laughs> i'm still waiting to see what these guys are gonna do because yeah. i don't think they've done anything yeah, yeah. well i think it's crazy i mean like man it's gonna turn like political conversation i, I just think it's interesting i mean like how ineffective and this is just how government works like government yeah. just doesn't move fast mm -hmm. because of the partisanship that exists in congress and the senate like it's crazy to me that like congress passed that bill the one point like 1.9 trillion that's it's the it's double the size of the 2008 crash relief bill yes which is awesome but it's like the senate's probably going to take out a bunch of mm -hmm. stuff like when will it pass that like it's like it, like they just can't move fast and that's almost okay. like government was designed not to move fast well and meanwhile yeah. it's like the it's it's a bill that has had like the highest level of public support yes since yeah. who knows when right yeah. like maybe yeah. In, yeah. in history but like they're not going to do what people want yeah. right no, no matter like yeah. how many phone calls folks no and and it's you know beyond costing people jobs like cost once you've started once lives are lost you have to you have to stop whatever you're doing and yeah. go, mm -hmm. uh, what is the immediate fix to this to stop people yeah. fucking dying yeah. <laughs> like i don't yeah. know how that could not be the top priority the same right now with like i because i woke up this morning saw the same headline like okay so they passed that bill yeah. when are you getting money into the hands of people that are suffering mm -hmm. yeah and what is yep. your plan what is your long-term plan here like you know yeah. it, there that chaos is it, it's feeding uh, all it does is just feed the the paranoia and the frustrations and the fears that it, that we're all experiencing yeah. and it you know 2021 ticking over or in your mom's case 2022 right. didn't change <laughs> didn't yeah. change the, the terrifying trajectory we've stayed on no. no, it's not. Better. No, and, and we're looking at our local governments, but they're like, well, I don't know. Yeah, at least I don't know if Maryland's the same way because we're all like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, well, we're waiting on them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are in the same boat that we are, but that's the, that's the yeah. shit we're dealing with here. 
yeah, yeah it's pretty similar I, I mean i think it's interesting too just like like safety protocols and stuff like baltimore city has been pretty good but at the same time people get pissed that things are still closed and there's obviously there's like there's there's a complication of like letting things open because like you want workers to get paid versus letting things open to be to be safe that's the scary part mm-hmm. of like that, that dance like yeah so yeah i mean honestly the one thing i'll say is like it's personally frustrating that like we can't work in the same capacity we did but i i, I look at like I mean, like, I look, like, because our world is, like, the micro-budget horror stuff, and, like, yeah. I see people on shoots with, like, 10 people, like, and I'm, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, yes. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, like, I've seen, like, photos of, like, uh, like, friends of mine that are, like, um, like, just landed in Los Angeles for, yeah. like, a shoot with so-and-so, and I'm, yeah. like, you were on a fucking plane, yeah. and now you're, ah. Uh, yeah. 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 I, we had, uh, we had Eric Davidson on a couple weeks ago from the New Bond Perks, and his his job is he's a right he's a right freelance writer, and he was saying you know that's that's hard enough as it is, yeah. And then yeah. in this world, like where people are you know people are losing jobs by yeah. <laughs> the millions, trying yeah. to find publications that are you know they're barely keeping their heads above water. Yeah. That's one example on the creative spectrum of how many people are desperate. Yeah. But where's the line of desperation? Like, I've seen the same thing, you know, people that I'm like, what are you doing shooting? You're yeah. not, there's no yeah. way you're meeting safety protocols. No. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't believe that. Especially yeah. you can't definitively say everyone working on this production, top to bottom, both their vaccinations were good to go. Yeah. If you can't say that, then I don't think yeah. you're meeting all the yeah. protocols. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So, so Sorry, I didn't mean to decide. No, 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 you're fine. (laughs) There's something fascinating about Baltimore. Almost sounds like a ding. There's something fascinating. (laughs) Because I I am, you know, I love Baltimore. I I mean, I love, uh, I'm a lifelong Baltimore Orioles fan for, you know, for weird reasons. Um, of course, like, like without saying, like, uh, mostly because I like pain. Um, yeah, because but, <laughs> we're also Browns fans that are yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we no have no. Ohioans <laughs> make really sucks. bad decisions, is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I mean, I'd be crazy if I didn't say, like, John Waters has like permeated <laughs> a creative force there. But like, beyond him, like that. I feel like that spirit exists among so many people that I know, like yeah. you guys and, and, and other people in Baltimore that are just, wh- what is it? Like, is there a, is there something kinetic there that you guys feel like we're just all locked into this channel together? Yeah, I feel like there's just this like scrappiness about sure. like Baltimore creative community where like, I feel like with with working with Chris on films or with the the work that I've done with the Baltimore Rock Opera Society, like where it's like these are all people just doing stuff because they're passionate about it and like giving like long hours to something where it's like you're not getting paid, you're not seeing money from it. But I feel like there's like this attitude in Baltimore where it's just like fuck yeah, let's let's make that like rock opera about going in a space with a dancing robot like fuck sure. yeah let's make a movie with a big old tentacle monster in it that's gonna like you know um open up a vortex, open up a vortex. <laughs> <laughs> like, i i just feel like there is there are things like when we've gone like when we took call girl to like a few um like 
festivals and screenings and things like one of the things I always says like I can't imagine like any other city where you could make something like that right yeah, right uh, where you could get like mobilized that like army of people who were just like had that like fuck yeah attitude like I yeah. can't think of another place where that really happens well I think that's like interesting like talking about like almost like the rock opera society like you think about like someone's like, I only want to work with people that get shit done, you know? And I feel like in Baltimore, you see people pull off things that like, look, the budget wasn't right for that, but you did it. Yeah. And like, that's what's fucking cool. And I feel like that's like something that's like, and obviously like a DIY spirit's really important to that, but it's like, there's something about like, I think about Don Dohler, who like in my head is like, while his movies aren't as good as John Waters movies, like Don Dohler, like is equally important to my belief that anybody can do something. Right. Might not be good, but anybody like, can do it. Right. And I think, I mean, obviously Don Dollar's movies are like actually technically pretty apt for their budget level, but like, yeah, it's are. just crazy to think like, like, yeah, you just gotta like, I mean, you're gonna eat shit every once in a while, but like, just try it. Yeah. And I think that's what's exciting to me. It's like, um, like, and I think Baltimore, I don't know, I'm always, I'm a, I have immense hometown pride, but I'm always a little bit weary of hometown pride just because it's like, if I was born somewhere else where I feel the way about that place. But I do feel like Baltimore is very special just because you think about like our forefathers of like Poe, or like like the Ouija board was first manufactured right. here. The yeah, that's thing. a good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. a great point. Like that, there are your roots. Like because it's it's such a generic thing to say. Like there's this punk rock attitude. Well, it extends far beyond that. Mm-hmm. This there's just something unique there, and I think Baltimore, in the same way, like we see it here in Cleveland or like where we're from, like the Toledo area. There's yeah. always this chip on your shoulder. Like you set out you, you start whatever you're doing with your middle fingers in the air because yeah yeah you're gonna meet you know you're gonna meet pushback regardless and yeah. i think that moves far beyond like you know it's a punk rock spirit no it's the spirit of like we can't fucking wait on somebody else to do this yeah we but there's also i think like there's there's like that selflessness to it and granted yeah. like i haven't made art in other cities so like this is all purely like one-sided opinion but I feel like it's like that scrappy can-do attitude but also that selflessness to like toil for someone else's vision Mm -hmm. you know because like these big projects it's like you've got people who are like making props and making uh like getting blood effects together and stuff who like aren't getting any of the glory for what they're doing but they'll be there till three in the morning anyway you know well and that's like a whole we had an interesting conversation the other day let me remember um remind me about the um the podcast thing in a second if i forget um anyway i will figure it out (laughs) okay so like i will remember remember? i will remember but like it's interesting to think about like when you make these movies like very few people if anyone is getting paid right Mm -hmm. so like you have to be in or like a theater production nobody's really getting paid Mm -hmm. you know and it's like um you have to like have some sort of reason to be there not like you know like i mean like like sometimes there's a shared vision and you want to make something cool but also it's like it's like you have to have some stake in the game that like i really am into puppets that's why i'm making the puppets Mm -hmm. for this play yeah or like oh i'm really into gore that's why i'm making the gore for this movie or like i'm really into acting and i think that's the thing that's always tricky about the low budget movies because we never pay anyone um even when we, we paid some folks it's never a fair rate for what they're doing and like part of me really loves that because i'm like um associate no i'm just joking um <laughs> i was gonna say i was supposed to laugh no, i was like, part, 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 so I was like <laughs> no but no but like part of me really likes that because it's like oh you're only here because you want to be here 
And if I had to give people paychecks, it's like, it's like, oh, they're doing it for a, a dollar amount, not because like, not because they really love it. But I don't think the two are mutually yeah. exclusive. Agreed. Agreed. And that's why I was going to bring up the podcast. Yeah. So like, um, I was talking recently to somebody who was asking me for a sound editor for something. And they were telling me about um, this radio show they were doing. And they were like, oh yeah, I can pay X amount of dollars per month to do the show. And I told him, I was like, oh wow, do you get paid to do the show? Or like, do you have like advertising revenue? And he was like, no. And I was like, Ooh, you gotta be careful, man. It's like a money pit. You'll just end up like just like losing a lot of money over time to do something that you can't monetize. And um, because I've always felt that about the movies, the movies never make us any money really, or they get rolled over to the next movie. Yeah. And I was telling you, and you were like, "Well, I think that's really refreshing that somebody." I think it's awesome that like this guy is like, "This is my passion project. It's not a sound engineer's passion project." Mm -hmm. And if I want my vision to come to fruition, like at the level that I'm seeking, then it's like, I'm gonna need to pay for it. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's really important because it's like, it, I think it's considering paying people as like another resource to make good art, right? Like, like you can, and like, that's what he derives enjoyment from, you know, yeah. it's not that he's gonna like make money off of doing yeah. this radio drama or whatever the project was, but that it's in the world, right? Yeah. And like. like he right. knows the value of getting it out there. And my previous strategy was like, well, it looks like I'll have to figure it all out myself. Yeah. <laughs> or I will just like let it be shitty and just say, well, I tried and not think yeah. about the monetary. Yeah, resources. I mean, for me, it's always like I, you know, people make art for different reasons. And, and a lot of people like are trying to make art their living. And I will never fault somebody for like turning something down if it's not paid. Yes. You know, yeah. If, yeah. like if you ask somebody like to participate in something and they're like, is it a paid role? And you say, no, like, I don't think you can have any hard feelings about that. You can't yeah. expect everyone to work for passion, right? Yeah. Like yeah, right. pick, choose, like, and people do stuff for all different reasons. Like I'll never forget, like the, the last couple of times I directed, some people came and auditioned and they said like that they were only auditioning because they wanted to work with me. Like that, that, that had like traveled out into the world that like working with me as a director was like a positive experience. I was like, that's really cool and yeah. something that I yes. never did for someone to not be like oh I want to do this play but to be like oh Melissa's directing like I want to go yeah. do that I think yeah. what you just said is an interesting point because sometimes like this is what I was trying to say and maybe I did it in a shitty way the um like when I get actors that audition for a movie that all their resume is background work on the wire or like a movie that's shot in Baltimore and they're SAG but they've only been background extras right, right? And it's like one of those things where it's like I can't pay you but I give you a lead role you know or like mm-hmm. and like that's the thing where I'm like I'm like I can't offer you anything financially better than what you're going to get literally just standing behind John Travolta for eight hours in a church but <laughs> like I could give you a time that like 30 years from now your kids have a DVD or a Blu-ray mm-hmm. that you actually like we're on the cover of or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So, yes. and I think that's the funny thing. I was thinking about what George Stover said. He's like, Chris, I don't care about the rate. I don't care about like, like the budget of the movie in general. I just want something to have on my shelf. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, that's yeah. the big thing. Yeah. It makes a movie and it doesn't come out. That's when he gets pissed. Yeah. I think there is like, there is, there is a, a limit. Like I will work for the people, my friends, I won't charge them. Yeah. Uh, now, do they pay? Yeah, they do because they're professionals. Yeah. But they know, like, I'll come, I'll come be a part of this because I love you. I love what you're doing, you know. And I think that is a different spirit than like, 
hey, I have this role for you. Great. What does it pay? How much of my time will it take up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to, I, I realize now I'm turning, I, I've just, I'm old enough now. Like once I crossed over into the forties, it was like, I don't want to hang out with people unless something's getting done. <laughs> I, Dude, I feel so similar. And then I have friends who get so upset with me, like because of that. Because they just want to hang out. Yeah. I and don't Chris want to. I, yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? Like this What's our project? Yeah. <laughs> I know, like literally, like I, I tell you right now, if one of my friends called me up and was like, hey, you want to go grab lunch? I mean, I might do this if they want to go grab lunch. But if my friend John called and said, hey, we're going to build a deck and maybe get lunch, I'd be like, all right, yeah, let's yes. do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's good luck with, with you and his career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will be the first to tell you they won't be calling me if they're building a deck. They're calling her. Because <laughs> I'm That's literally awesome. just there, like, what do I do? Like, pick yeah. everything up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> everything else, all the technical shit is her. I'm just holding up big things. But I, when it comes to like creative shit, look, I drank with my friends for a long time. Yeah. I don't want to fucking do that anymore. I love you guys. I don't want to do that. If we're going to get something done, okay, I'll come over. But like, I'm not sitting in your fucking barn, you know, playing darts for two hours. Fuck off. I don't have time for that shit. I have a lot of movies to watch. I have, I have, I, you know, I have important things to do, like sit in a chair and fart and yell at my kid. Like, I don't, I'm not fucking... Yeah hanging out playing pool get the fuck out of here I just <laughs> let me ask you, you guys a question like with your family being as creative and ferocious as y'all are like <laughs> how are you guys approaching creative problems together or not problems but projects together and how does that work for, for a, a unit of four people it it all depends like it's usually the dynamic is usually like i will have an idea and i'm like guys and they're like oh, what, uh, what? <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> That's the first. That, that. How long is it going to take? Uh, do we have to do this? Do we have to do this first? Yeah, yeah. do we have to? How long is it going to take? How many times are you going to yell at everybody? Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, they listen when I yell. It's very... <laughs> I am I am now at a point I I've reached I'm I'm really quickly heading down old dad territory <laughs> where I just am saying things and no one's listening no no literally no, no. no one's listening or he's screaming at them and I'm going just fucking do it <laughs> fuck up and do it that's our dynamic so you're like an amazing producer then yeah <laughs> I'm I, I think usually what happens is like we're all going to come from like, like with cash, he like music is what he, he, every instrument he picks up, he can figure out. And I'm, nice. I'm glad he's capable of doing that. Mm. Um, but I've also noticed with him, he has the same mentality I had as a teenager. Like if you fucking tell me I should do it, I'm absolutely not going to do no. that. Oh yeah. Yeah. He has to be inspired it, or it has to be provoked by it or he will not he's not doing shit he's not he's not going to engage it but the second he is it locked into it he loves it he is yeah. he's engaged roxy is still finding her path on things mm -hmm. i she loves art um and so like she's eight years old so we're just encouraging yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and just like, yeah, if you want to do that, yeah, here, you know, 
here's all the art supplies you you could ever yeah. need. Go to town on it. Yeah. But she's still like at eight years old, she's trying 15 different things. Whereas with him as a teenager, he's getting a little more specific, but also becoming very aware of himself. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in that like yeah. he's in that that phase of like. I'm confident in these abilities, but I'm also terrified of social recourse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like he yeah. is very much stands out in his school. You know, I mean, <laughs> he, he's amongst a lot of rural Ohio kids. Yeah. He has, you know, bright red hair and wears it's not bright. And no. not right now. No. <laughs> it's and, faded. Uh, <laughs> he's raised by parents who have taught him, like, we don't think our values and, and ideals are crazy. But yeah. in comparison to like relatively conservative people he looks like a lunatic but he knows what he believes is right and he stands by it but he's also still in that like i'm so aware of myself and the chaos my body is going through yeah the chaos (laughs) around us and and as much as like we can say like looking back on that time like yes yeah that all really sucks but like high school isn't forever it's like there's such a difference between like understanding that like cognitively and then like living it like you can be like okay you'll get out of this like everything will be okay but right now it's like he's so deep in it it's oh i would not want to go back he's an an eighth grade right yeah he's an eighth grade yeah yeah. that's like i remember eighth like middle school being brutal and i was like like, what what you're saying about roxy earlier like the idea of being like eight and just trying different things i remember like all the stuff I found on my own is what I loved. Mm-hmm. Whereas like all the stuff, like I remember, I mean, I remember playing baseball because I thought my dad wanted me to. And like, I, like I love my dad, but like the number of times I pretended to be six, so I didn't go play fucking baseball. Like I just like, didn't I like, it was just it's a goofy thing. And then I found the family camcorder and that's like what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Or like, like I took piano lessons for some goddamn reason. And like, even though I still play a little bit, like when I do mute like scores and stuff, it's yeah. like, Guitar and drums are what made me mm-hmm, stoked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it was, it was like, I never took any lessons there. And I think if I had structured lessons, I think I actually probably wouldn't have enjoyed it. You would have stuck with yeah. it. Yeah. No, yeah. because I don't like, like, probably like how, you know, Cash was saying, like, I don't like, I don't like people telling me what to do. Right. <laughs> like, you know? That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it is very like, it, and, and the thing is like, I the things that frustrate me are the exact asshole behaviors that I have. I've always been like, no, fuck you. You want me to do that? Blow it out your ass. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Like, why am I acting like this? I don't. <laughs> and then he does it. He's like, why do you do that? What's wrong with you? What the fuck? And I'm looking at his mom going, why? Yeah, right. Like, you why? can't see this. <laughs> and, well, and my mother is living for this shit right now. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> Payback. Yeah. She raised two little. She raised punk rock assholes, and and now our kids have the same shitty mentality. Yeah. And my brother has three sons, and their his middle son is just like they're like, hey, do that, and he's like, hey, fuck you, I'm not uh-huh. doing that at all. And, <laughs> like, uh, a question for you, you guys though, like, like Cash and Roxy, like they you they watch horror movies with you guys, and they're they listening to, like punk rock bands. Like, is that generally do they listen to punk rock, or is that not? Yeah, Cash is, yeah, Cash took to like like he he likes some of the shit I've shown him. Yeah, um, and you know specific bands like he you know, and it doesn't surprise me that he you know he like he could connect to a band like Joy Division. Like, I think they yeah. have like, a universal appeal. Or like, 
yeah. the Ramones, of course, everybody likes the fucking yeah, Ramones. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, he's discovered shit from his generation. There's a band from New York called Wildlife that he really likes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's his generation of bands, or like uh, this band, The Whiffs. Like, he's found doorways through shit that I like. Yeah. And I can show him stuff, but ultimately, like, at the end of the day, he's going to listen to the shit from his generation that connects yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. still like, I don't feel like it's a fair comparison to show a kid like, you, you know, even if it is something like a punk rock band, yeah. at the end of the day, they're going to connect to their version of it. Yeah. Mostly people listen to the Beatles. That's not a fucking surprise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, but showing a kid a very niche, you know, like showing a 16 year old Fugazi now. Right. That may not be what the, that may not connect to them right now. Yeah. But there could be a version of this. It could be a Billie Eilish as, as big as she is. There's a connective tissue there for kids that has that same spirit. There's that same thing that they're going to, going to latch onto. And that generation, these Gen Z kids, it's this like, paint wall of just like looks like somebody just peppered it with paintballs of different colors all of the genres are just merged together in one yeah, yeah. and it, it's kind of fascinating because you hear the stuff they're listening to and i'm like i don't know how what the connective tissue is but i just think it's interesting i just my parents and i could not be further apart from music mm-hmm. your, your dad's cool though yeah my dad plays drums and he still okay. like plays in like, they live in delaware he plays in some cover bands and stuff okay. and it's like all like classic rock kind of stuff primarily. yeah sure which but, was yeah. which was really nice to meet him and when i got to play drums I was like okay well this guy's not gonna think i'm an idiot at drums yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny too because my dad is like because like chris is not about like all the gear right yeah. he's like does yeah, this yeah. drum make noise when i pound on it yeah. cool we're in business you know yeah. <laughs> like very like into like the tech and like oh yes, this drum sure. is from here and like this is this little thing and so like he is also like for fun like flips drum kits yeah. so he'll like buy shitty drum kits and then fix them all up because sure. my dad's like, an amazing carpenter and like so detail oriented it's just yeah. like loves like you know fiddling with stuff like that so um yes yeah, so he's like a very talented drummer but then also is like all about that year so I remember when like you two met for the first time and he's asking you all these questions about your kit and yeah. you were just like I don't know what <laughs> yeah like, like I literally had to be like I'd like not fake anything I just had to like politely smile and be like oh yeah that sounds cool like, I know I know what a pearl kit is or like yeah. this, like that yeah. like like it was like the moment of truth was like connecting at a level that like we actually play this yeah and, like, you know. so they'll like jam and yeah. stuff like yeah. when yeah. I mean we haven't been to yeah. visit my parents obviously in over a year now but like when sure. we would like my brother plays guitar and plays bass, so like they okay. don't go up and do a little jam jam <laughs> session, which you hate. Uh, I, I jamming in general. I generally I mean, jam- like Chris it was- hates jamming. He's like. <laughs> It's kind of what you were saying earlier, Russ. It's like if we're not doing something and like achieving something when we're hanging out, he has no fucking time for it. He yes. doesn't want to get together and like noodle around on something. He's like, we're writing a fucking song. Yes. <laughs> we have a goal. Yes. We're not digging around here. Yes. Yeah. It's true though. Like literally like this is awful. So we have this new band right now. Um, It's like a horror surf punk band called Beach Creeper. Okay. And like luckily the quarantine has been really good for that because we've, we basically should come out of this with a recorded album. Mm-hmm. It's all done. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, you know, there's just times where like, if somebody doesn't come up with a finished song, um, it's a lot of time you spend so much time trying and trying and doing things. And then like, then it's like the worst thing about being in a band is when 
two stringed instruments or playing two different things at the same time because you're like two people are figuring stuff out and I'm like I can't ah! so yes. that's, that's a total tangent I don't know how we got yeah, here I'm sorry yeah. no, I, no. <laughs> he says yes but he doesn't that jamming if you're not coming with a complete song he's done this motherfucker the last band he was in the shows that we would go to the wives would just be sitting there because they're just fucking jamming we're like oh my god (laughs) so they make it sound like they came out okay they would show up if they were like we stopped no we stopped coming because it was just (laughs) too long (laughs) too much all right we were done so like we've got we've got kids to take care of out like once every like once a year maybe to a show they would all four show up because they've all been friends for so many years and they fucking leave they weren't like they and they come back and they were fucking hammered and it's like so you don't get to get mad at us if we get smoked out and then play like for a really long time because look man if you're high you think that you're fucking you think you're sabbath like if yeah yeah, yeah. i don't like like if you're high enough, you're just like, yeah, we got it. And like, no, you're so no. slow right now. No. <laughs> but you're just. Oh my God. Like, oh, I, can't, in the I, can't, I can't play drunk or stoned. I get like too yeah. self. I guess. I mean, I guess it might be the difference between drummer. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. But it's just like I get too like. Or I feel like that first thirty seconds when I realize how awful it is, like sobers me up immediately. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. There was a show years ago where our guitar player and I, we got ripped before we got on stage. <laughs> the other two guys did not. Oh, and no. We thought we were fucking Allman Brothers at the oh, Fillmore. No. Like, we, we are cheap trick at Budokan. You know, like, we're on it, right? Now, nah, we just slowed the whole fucking set down. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole set was just like, and we weren't one of the, we weren't sleep. You know, we weren't like super doom. It, it was... And it was one of the things where the other two guys are like, what the fuck? You We're like, yeah, man. They're like, no, 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 no. You're ruining everyone's night. You find out afterwards, like, yeah, dude, you guys played super slow that awful. night. Like, really? Yeah. Good. <laughs> like, whenever you put on a record the wrong speed, but then oh, like, yeah. you realize it way later. Like, if you're listening to a record for the first time, you're like, oh, shit, I had that set for the seven inch. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. You're like, oh, that sounded kind of cool. Yeah. And what, <laughs> that's that's like, you know, down. Well, the bashing hit. What's happened to me now <laughs> is I can't get into that stuff anymore. Yeah. I reverted all the way back to just like, the punk rock garage punk shit power yeah. pop stuff that i've always liked yeah. i've reverted but like i can only kind of get into that now yeah, like I, yeah. i've lost my taste for like slow and i think it's just like my attention span of like i don't want to do this that takes too long now and <laughs> like i have somewhere to be you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> farting in his chair That's what he has to be. <laughs> do what you're good at you know yeah, every movie is 80 minutes long. Yeah. Chris does yes. like, if a movie hits even like the 90 minute mark, he starts getting like, this movie doesn't do fit this long. <laughs> she can't. Well, it's like, we have this, we have a, um. okay, so I don't know if you've been going to Dollar Tree at all this last couple of years, but they're getting those DVD drops where they get like an insane amount of like movies that basically just didn't sell at like $20. When I came yeah. back from, I went to Southeast Asia two Novembers ago. I was gone for 15 days. 
when I came back and saw how many movies that Chris had bought at the dollar store, I was like, you have a problem. But like, and I later found out because I was helping him clean out his <laughs> office, I had not even seen them all yet. <laughs> we were cleaning stuff out and I pulled out like uh, under the futon, like one of those big storage things. And I was like, oh, what's in here? Oh no! It was like your parents fighting your porn. It was like, no, like, it, was like oh. yep. it was basically like thinking. It was basically when you watch a show about like addiction, and it's like people are like sneaking stuff into the house, you know. And then all of a sudden, you find it, and you're like, I thought this was past. Yeah. <laughs> so like, anyway, like we, I like we this, all these movies, and like we have this. Oh no! Is this a? a I feel uh, like it's exposed right now. <laughs> Do you know how many like, this whole box of them. that are just fucking movies every day? Every day, we have an entire wall, uh, yes, like, floor to ceiling, like wall of movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, though, like we'll sit down and we'll, like we'll like you know we'll our workday will end and we'll we'll make dinner and, and I'll try to figure out a movie to watch. But, but like I don't want our whole night to be watching like a, like a two hour movie or whatever. So I try to find movies that are like. 80 minutes long. 70 to 80 minutes? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, his, that's his mark of quality. I, so I do I do this thing where like I like a challenging movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> she do that. She doesn't want you know I'll put it like uh, a while back when uh, that new Charlie Kaufman movie was on uh, Netflix. Uh-huh. I'm thinking of anything. Yeah. I was like yeah here we go. We sit down to watch it. She and Cash and I and afterwards, Cast and I were like, that was good. And we looked at her and she was like, what? What? Yeah. what? <laughs> I didn't see it. Yeah, we didn't even see it. Yeah. No, because I feel like that's one of those movies I where probably. I, no, right. It's the same thing where I'd be like, I'll just watch that by myself sometime, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Same way. He, no, like, if it's like, the best thing for Chris is like, let's put on this like shot on video thing that like just got a limited release that was made like 30 years ago yes you're specifically thinking about frankie and his pals right now frankie and his pals was very entertaining did you see that oh my god it was very entertaining but that's like chris is just like "Mm, chef's kiss yeah i found this pure thing that this guy made with a vhs camera and his friends in their backyard like that's what we're watching tonight i'm like but, but good, I don't do but, that to you but, as but often. Good, good movie. No, like yeah. you usually watch a lot of stuff in, in the morning. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I will I, <clears throat> I will show them stuff that I, I think like, hey, this is going to be a great experience, right? Like I put on like, I remember when I showed you guys the peanut butter solution. Oh, I've never like, seen that. I want to see that. Why would you think we want to watch this? And I'm like, <laughs> it's whimsical. They're like, the fuck it is. This is, a, this is a horrifying. And but Roxy connects on all that shit with me. Yeah, really. Yeah. She she also liked old Hollywood movies, which is oh, like, yeah. great. So like yeah. she loved Charlie Chaplin movies and like Veronica Lake movies, like that stuff. You're a little more okay with. I can. Uh... But if I slide in like Paul Schrader or a Robert Altman movie, she'd be like, "What's the runtime on this?" <laughs> Robert Altman, though, I, I I am not into Robert Altman at all. Oh my, even but, like. Tanner 88 that I thought I would like because yeah. I'm like a political guy. Like, yeah. that was like, the, where are these scenes going? Well, and at a certain <laughs> point, really, like every movie is 70 minutes for you because you just fall asleep. Or I get on my phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are so many times where I would just watch 
half a movie by myself because Chris is just snoozing. Next yeah, to that's me. true. Yeah. And I the, watch, which yeah. is typically fine unless it's something that he picked that is terrible. And then I'm like, like, I can't even reach the remote. You're asleep on me like, and I can't change this movie. That was when we were babysitting our, our, our friend's Lord, kid. Yeah. And, um, we put on the latest Hellraiser movie and I fell asleep oh, like 10 minutes in, but it was like me asleep on you. And yeah, then Stella we were like... laying on the couch and then the child we were babysitting was like there with us snoozing and I was just buried <laughs> and I was like, I guess I'm stuck watching this now. And then just the whole <laughs> screen Roku until her parents come home and rescue me. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying, like Cash is all in on like, he likes he likes challenging weird shit. Yeah. She has for years been like, no, I don't want to, don't put that on. <laughs> um, so I've been doing things like just working a little bit of David Lynch into their lives or like yeah. Jin Suzuki, just, just ease it in there. Just a little bit, just, <laughs> just present it. I'll just set it on the table and Twin Peaks is working. We're watching Twin Peaks yeah, and, nice. and, and she's hey. finally... The second season, okay. she's like, "All right, I'm with it. I'm with it. It's okay." And then I'm gonna like, I then I'm gonna like, let's watch Mulholland Drive, and she'll be right back to stop fucking doing it. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why yeah, you think this go, is gonna work. Hate that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is like the, the 80 minute thing. I will, to your credit, Chris. We grew up on shitty horror movies, and they yeah. were all 80 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Well, and also I think the thing for for me too is like watching movies on on basic cable that had commercials. Like yeah. the idea of like being able to do other things while you watch a movie mm-hmm. is like I want those breaks. Like yes. I really I like and even though I can pause the movie at any time, and you're watching a movie with someone else, it's like you don't want to keep doing that. <laughs> That's fine. She well, yeah. she's the do- also because yoga is her thing. Like she'll do oh, yoga yeah. while something's on. Yeah. Like, How do you do that? But she's, you know, she can watch something because I'll hear her react. I'm like, all right, well, she is technically paying attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't multitask. I can't. No. So. <laughs> and I, I'm no, so. I'm, I'm... Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I'm very, like, if we're watching a movie, we are watching the movie. Like, right? Like, I want to be lost in it. I want to be, like, present for the movie. So I do get really annoyed when Chris is like, well, so we'll do some Facebook in, you know? Because <laughs> I'm like, aren't you watching this? Like, you're a filmmaker. Don't you want to, like, see yeah. what's happening right now and not just, like, vaguely kind of listen to it yeah. while you're doing something else? so angry. He's like, you guys can't pay attention to anything. Oh, me too. No, yeah. I just, I can't. I don't. I, I can't. I have to do other things. Yeah. On my brain. That's the way my mom is. My mom will like watch a movie, but it's like she's doing laundry and like passing it out of the room. I don't think she's ever sat down to watch a yes. movie. Watch a movie. Yeah. yeah. But I also think that's informed shitty parts of my filmmaking persona. Like, like, because <laughs> like, I'll be like, oh, people probably aren't paying attention while they watch this. So I shouldn't say that plot point like three times. Oh my God. <laughs> Like, but then somebody reviews it, like, it's very obvious who the killer is. Hey. <laughs> I made a point to say it three times in the second. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it, I, and that's, that's one of those things that I've had to learn with, I'm learning still with kids is like, because to me, I'm like, put your fucking phone down and watch the movie. Mm-hmm. They don't operate mm-hmm. that way. Well, it's, it's also just a different experience now with them growing up with that stuff versus mm-hmm. like you and us. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like with 
with movie making now, do you, are you conscious of the audience? Are you conscious of like, hey, I'm going to make a movie that, you know, that has a, a potential audience like using Shudder as like a very generic example. Yeah. My movie shows up on Shudder. I have a very specific audience, but the age, it's going to skew younger. Are you cognizant of the age when you're making? You know what's really funny about that? I've never thought about the, um, <clears throat> the age of my audience, but now it probably has changed, which sure. is weird to me because I feel like a lot of the gatekeepers at what we call with horror are yeah. still making and marketing movies to folks like us, mm-hmm. like, like right. age-wise. You know, yeah. like, which is kind of weird because like, I feel like there's a, there's a hungrier um, audience for probably movies that are more tiered for younger folks that people don't realize because, and the same thing happened with politics. I think people aren't retiring from making art. Like they're like, pe- people are directing movies in their seventies and still getting like the budgets that like back in the eighties would have gone to 30 year old filmmakers or 40 year old filmmakers. Right. Um, I haven't thought about that as much. I probably should. I mean, the nineties movie will be a little interesting. But it's also like our movies in general even really Mm. for a younger audience you know because i feel like younger audiences consume media in such different ways now that it's like all kind of like fights right and it's all like i mean i'm not trying to sound like an old lady and be like they're all just on the tiktok but like there is like a shorter um delivery now of all this stuff and i feel like movies in general it's like movies are made for kids and movies are made for like adults, but you don't really see anything being made for like that younger, like teen. And when they do, it's like so heavily criticized that I think there is, there is a fear there. Um, Mm -hmm. When you look at something like uh, the way people reacted to that black Christmas remake. Uh Uh-huh. I think the reaction to it was completely off the mark because it was being reacted to by people that, it wasn't aimed at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was aimed at a certain generation that <clears throat> that was going to it was going to give them something that like, hey, this is mine. These are, this is yeah. my generation. In the same way, like that movie Freaky did. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Or or the Craft Legacy. Like for all the criticisms, it's not for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's for this generation, and they're going to connect to those characters. Mm-hmm. But like to your point, Chris. They're still marketing to us because we're paying for it. And oh, like, absolutely. The, yeah. the mentality yeah. is like, well, that's the demo I want because they have the fucking, they have the, the money for it. Mm-hmm. And- well, and it's, it's interesting. Yeah, you talk about like the, like the, like, yeah, the power of the purse. Like, it's, it's funny. Like, our, like, folks now, hardcore horror fans now have seen all this shit. And they know they can market something like Frankie and his pals or some long lost shitty movie that we haven't seen yeah. yet. Yep. Like because we'll pay for it, but like oh, that's that deep cut. I never like we'll, yeah. We'll pay for the deep cuts that probably aren't even as good. And you'll pay because... like thirty bucks to watch it one time, yeah, right? Because right? it's yeah. like the only way you can get yeah. it. And there's still that like connection to like physical media, oh, where yeah. like you know when like Vinegar Syndrome or Severin have like sales, you're always like, here's my box of like random like well, weird yeah. shit that's like you that's know true. hasn't I mean, like, seen the light of day in twenty years. Like yes. I paid an offensive amount for that Andy Milligan box set right? when I'm like when I was a kid. Like I'm like I'm like I. Want watched the Andy Milligan movie I was like this is really terrible but they're saying like I want to hear the commentaries like it's like yeah. it's just weird um no, yeah but- you told me you spent all that money on that box set and you were like you will hate these they are terrible oh yeah. Like, oh, dog yeah all the dollars on the box set <laughs> um, 
But I was going to say, though, you know, it's, it's funny, like, the first part of the question, I almost thought you were going down a different road of, like, not so much the audience, but as, like, or, like, what who your audience is versus, like, being more conscious of your audience generally. Yeah. Because I do, I did, there was a pivot probably around, before we made President's Day, but when we realized, like, horror is so tough because everyone wants to feel smarter than the movie. Their audience wants to feel yeah. smarter than the movie. A lot of yeah. times to the point where we would start writing for the heckler we called it mm-hmm. where we would say we would make something happen whatever the heckler was about to make fun of we would pivot that mm-hmm. there in the story in the script right um because we were so worried about like always feeling like um we just got really spiteful of, of um of nasty reviews mm-hmm. you know oh yeah so that was yeah. yeah it 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 becomes um and i think i've seen that a lot like and i'm talking like friends from various backgrounds like whether it's musicians comedians filmmakers even friends that are independent pro wrestlers they said like the audience you have access to everything and so you are literally like you're going to make a creative decision yeah knowing what that you know trying to be a step ahead of the person that's going to make fun of it Mm -hmm. exactly it's such a it's such a calculated and cynical way to create something (laughs) And it's stressful. Yeah. It's stressful to think like, oh shit, well, they're gonna say it's derivative of this. Right. I, yeah, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, you have to just go, oh fuck it. I just have to see my vision through. Like Andy Milligan is a great example of somebody that just like I still to this day think he just despised movies too. Beyond yeah. despising <laughs> women and you know, maternal figures, I think he despised movies, and that yeah. was his film's yeah. third example of that. We could we could go down a whole road talking about Andy Milligan, which I don't know if we should do or not. But like, it, that's just what I will say about that. And this is something that I haven't understood for where we are culturally with movies at this point. Yeah, anyone can make like Andy Milligan made movies that he wanted to make, right? Like, obviously, he might put rat he might put rat footage in a movie to make it like more marketable for Banner Wheeler, whatever the hell he's making it for. But, but like, but like, um, uh, uh, to cash in on, I mean, obviously, he made yeah, sure, but like. I think about a time like now where literally you can make a good looking image with your iPhone mm-hmm. and you can make a movie like um, like really, really cheaply. Yet for whatever fucking reason, I think the amount of unique stories that come out now aren't as, is, isn't as high as, from a low, low budget level, like, like, yeah. like horror stuff, yeah. isn't as like clear as like, as what I thought it would be by this point. Like I really thought I'd see weirder stuff. But I think too, it's like, again, it's like the, the money. It's like, do do people want to invest in something that's not a sure bet? And so that's why I feel yes. like you see this kind of stories rehashed because they're like, oh, we sold like three haunted house movies two years ago and they all did gangbusters. So yeah, we should right. stick with that, you know? Right. And, and you yep. don't see a lot of variety because there's that risk inherent in well, it. And I think a hundred percent, I think at that, like that, like, hundred thousand dollar and up bunch yeah. of yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah what yeah. i really want like I, i've never been able to find it maybe i'm just not looking in the right places like like most i mean like we know all the filmmakers that are making these micro budget horror movies but right. i would really fucking love a blog that doesn't talk about like things like psycho Gorman, but like talks about like the three grand shot in kansas <laughs> slap yeah. movie that just came out like because i feel like but but at the same time too isn't writing about their friends movies because i want to know it honestly you know like right. that's the thing that's like that's right. the tricky part for me like I just wish I could find weirder stuff um, that was slightly curated mm-hmm. that isn't get being paid as a PR thing. Like these movies that like basically go immediately to shutter. Well, yeah. And if you look at too, like you, you, you gave a good example too, of like with psycho Gorman, but also when everybody, when everybody was raving about guys like Soderbergh or like Mark yeah. Boss making these movies, like, well, they shot it on an iPhone and edited it in MacBook. 
Yeah, it also has Brad fucking Pitt in it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, right? We're not relating. I'm sorry. That's not. These are not. These are not. That's a false equivalency of higher yeah. order. Yeah. Whereas, like, well, and I think too, like, in, in when I discovered you or like yeah. Receiver yeah. or you know all of the guys from your ilk who are still. Yeah. Who are still at it? The three people I always use as an example are you, Chris Seaver, and Dustin Mills as guys that are just like, I can't, I can't, I I can't worry about that world. Yeah, that world doesn't pertain to what I'm doing. And I look at you guys still creating stuff, and how many people have fallen off from your, or the guys that were like a one timer and they're out. It's it's not for everybody. And I think yeah. that's why you don't see, we don't see a ton of that stuff being curated. And you yeah. know, that there's younger guys coming in doing it. There always will be, but yeah. I don't know like where they're going to find an outlet to showcase it either. Well, I think what's interesting, you brought Dustin, who I, I think he's one of my favorite contemporaries. Like I think his, his attitude of making films like is just so interesting to me. And like yeah. his, um, his ability to do things with like basically himself, you know, like, I, like, as a, I would say like, like, just like, you know, there's so many shoots where I know he was just like the only guy there. Like, yeah. um, like, but at the same time too, I think what ends up happening is you become your sort of like um, your own marketing manager. Like you become almost like a, like an influencer yourself. Whereas yeah. like in the past filmmakers made films and they weren't distributors. Whereas like, I think that's probably a pressure probably Dustin probably feels about having to make these movies to find an audience. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. Well, it makes mm-hmm. them it's interesting well, no, it's like about. all about like that social media management too like even <clears> with shock <throat> tail hour like this week i the last thing i posted was like on tuesday or something and this morning yeah. i was like oh shit i haven't posted anything on aurora's instagram in like four days and i'm like why is this a thing that i'm thinking about but like <laughs> it is a thing that i'm thinking about you know yeah, yeah. But that's a really good point, though, because like you look at something like I've been so bad at Twitter and I've been trying to get back into it this year just because I know I'm going to have to market the sequel next yeah. year. Yeah. And I was just thinking like there are people that do gangbusters on Twitter that like people don't actually know why they're on there. Like people don't know that that person is a um, a novelist mm-hmm. and like but like they follow them for like dank horror memes you know like it's like it's weird to me like how that how that works that yeah. way it's like it's like what what happened go bring it back to what happens next will scare you it's like the whole idea of relevancy is such a weird thing and what's even weirder is it's not even creators anymore relevant so like social mm-hmm. media I mean, once everybody needs to feel relevant on social media even if you don't have like a thing you're promoting it's yeah like, it, it's it's a bummer yeah, yeah. It, it, it is given in as much as it's given everyone a voice yeah. i think that's a problem too and, and the generations that are most deeply ingrained in that are Gen X and millennials. Yeah. And I, I can tell you, because we live with Gen Z, they're not paying attention to anything those two generations are doing on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they, I mean, if you just scroll through TikTok, those guys are like, what is funny to them is wild. Like <laughs> all of the gonzo shit, the renaissance is with them. Uh, yeah. It's coming with them. They're, they're going to bring the chaos back to art. <laughs> I'm it. seeing it firsthand. He'll send me shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, isn't it hilarious? And I'm like, I no. guess. Scary. Like, Mark, what is I it? Like, it? I don't know that world. Like, tell me some examples. I want to know, like, what's so going he'll, like, he'll send something that is like, it'll be a picture of Squidward 
um, and his eyes are like have beams coming out of them, and it'll say something like, uh, it, you know, if if you're an American, you're into two things: sucking dick and eating pudding. And I'm like, why is that funny? Like, <laughs> and but they like they look at it, they're like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> It's chaos. There's so much chaos in what they're doing. I'm trying. <laughs> he heard He's that. Like, oh, I'm gotta... trying to think of an example of like something on your phone that would show them, like, would indicate, like, hey, this is what's funny to us. Like, if you ever, if you just follow <laughs> him on Instagram and look through his story, it's a really okay. good example of yeah. Okay. Of, yeah. I'm I'm clicking one. What the fuck is that? You're like. <laughs> And he's it doesn't make any sense. And he won't explain it. He's just like smoke bomb disappear. Like (laughs) and but but he'll like also like but I'll also look at TikTok and go like these guys understand they they know they're making something. Mm -hmm. They're here, here's a great one. Uh this says I will inflict pain on your soul. Nothing. Like, it doesn't mean anything. There's no, there, there's nothing there. It doesn't, nothing. It, it's a lot of SpongeBob. It's a lot of Surf's Up. Are you familiar with the, the animated movie Surf's Up? Yeah. Uh, it, it, they, there's a lot of that imagery. Not gonna lie. Just kidding. I lied. What? I just lied. What? And, like, and it gets more nice. Like, I feel like avant-garde is coming back. Like, yeah. like that to me is the equivalent of like this is not a pipe, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They are it's like Dadaism and like fucking yes. weird shit. Because and I feel like it's like you see that kind of artistic response when the world is in its most tumultuous state. Yes. You know, yes. yeah. times of war and like times where like hey we don't know what's happening with this pandemic and yeah. if yep. people are gonna die i feel like that's when people get fucking weird right yes. like i feel like we're seeing the same thing <laughs> okay this this oh making fun of dad humor is also a big portion of it yeah this is oh yeah them, right this is very funny they they really like that <laughs> But I, I, I also like. It's kind of funny though. It's like, is he a Democrat or Republican? No, Dad's just pissed off. <laughs> uh, yeah. we're, we're looking at memes on a podcast. <laughs> of course. Fuck yeah. the audience. Yeah. This is hilarious. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> it, it is like, um, oh, th- this is one I did laugh at too. It it's uh, it's the car from the girl car. Yeah, you got. Yeah. Hold. I'm yeah. I need to smoke weed with this bitch. Yeah, no, that's legit. Yeah, yeah. But they, they also, as nihilistic as they are, yeah, they also, are, they are open to all people. Yeah. And they can honestly say their generation are the ones going, no, everybody should be included. Everybody has a seat at the table. Yeah. They're really the ones locked in. is is the hill to die on making fun of millennials on where they part their hair and what jeans they wear oh it is apparently he's saying yes no it's not it balances itself out along the way (laughs) and and they'll learn what's this one i named my horse mayo (laughs) i named my horse mayo and sometimes mayonnaise (laughs) He's, he's dying. Dying. so funny he's right now. Dying. <laughs> that one is funny. I like a good pun. Yeah. <laughs> they, but I do think as like confusing and perplexing as they are to 
to their grandparents and their parents and their message gets a little muddy i think these kids are going to figure the shit out i hope so i, I think sure. their generation so are the too. ones that are, yeah. are going to figure it out that one's not looking so good right now <laughs> <laughs> he's presented some real chaotic elements into this house that, that one us. out there is even crazier <laughs> She, she she was born with giant middle fingers is the only way I can explain it. Roxy. And <laughs> like, they're very alpha, but also like, they, can they see your middle fingers, Roxy? <laughs> she goes, yeah, yeah sure. sure. I'm, really, I'm really hoping she actually has enormous, yeah, right. <laughs> like freakishly. <laughs> come here, come, come show them how big your middle fingers are. <laughs> they're really big for something so small for someone oh, so yeah. small like when she flips you off you're like oh okay. yes discovered so it was, I love it when she was little we discovered it because like this fam this is a pretty chaotic household um you know so like that sort of stuff like we don't get too bent out of shape but we, we we're like those are house words don't take those out of the house mm -hmm. the first time she figured out how to flip somebody off that presumably she learned from her brother we were like whoa <laughs> that's wild <laughs> and, and i feel like that'll serve her somewhere in life i'm not sure where but it'll yeah. serve her somewhere so um <laughs> Uh, yeah, she can go sit back down. Sorry. <laughs> You've shown off your child. <laughs> we clearly took up a lot yeah, of her time. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, I want to start winding down here because we've eaten up a lot, we've eaten up a lot of your time. One thing I do want to ask you guys is um coming out of this, like what is what where is uh what happens next will scare you where is that headed uh what's the future for that and you did mention wnuf the mm -hmm. sequel uh what's the trajectory on that one as well yes yeah, so we have so what happens next will scare you um we're kind of just done dealing with distributors and we're actually going to distribute ourselves um so the first part of that is going to be basically a, a crowdsource just to basically a pre-buys right yep. so we're going to crowdsource yep. just to have you know, print however many DVDs or whatever we decide to do to, to make back our money for the printing. Mm -hmm. So sure. we're going to do that. I think actually in, I think that's going to launch in late March or April and that'll be like a month campaign. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, and then uh, WNF2, um, which is not what it's called, but I haven't announced the title yet, um, yeah. is uh, hopefully as soon as the pandemic is over, yes. I think we'll ha probably have like three more months of finishing mm -hmm. all the shooting and okay. then probably another months of, of, of um, post work. And then, I mean, my goal is to have it out by like September-ish of 2022, mm -hmm. but that's all kind of dependent on how fucked up the world is. You better you know? hurry, that's this year. Yeah, you don't have much time. <laughs> Dude, have I literally had a moment where I was like, what are you talking about? Did I say the wrong year? You're let me, let me in, check man. my old way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like it's, um, I mean, I'm WF, I will say this about WF too. It's, it's weirder than the original. It's um, I've had a lot of fun making it, but it is probably less narrative than the original in, in a really bizarre, weird way. Okay. Uh, at the same time too, when I was making the first one, I kept thinking the whole time, I was like, no one's going to like this, but I love it. And I feel that way about this one. So yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> So when you were making that, did you know, like, 
you felt like this this is not the one or i the whole time i, I it's funny jimmy and i were, were talking about the other day and he talk, he reminded me he was like um he's like you know when we made this you said to me no one's gonna like this but we're gonna make it anyway <laughs> and i stand by that like the whole time i was editing i i was smiling ear to ear like man this is so fucking dumb god this is fucking <laughs> stupid and like i loved it but like the whole time i was like this is like like no one would like, why would anyone watch this? Yeah. And like, like why would anyone want to watch like a, an 82 minute movie? That's like at least 20 minutes of it is commercials, if not more than that. But like, I, I, I feel like there's something that was really refreshing about that. Mm-hmm. There was. And uh, obviously, and, um, and the sequel, I mean, it has probably more commercials and it's, um, it's fucking, it's out there. Like it's, it's, there's some weird stuff in it, but it's really fun. So, and I'm happy with it so far. Out there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I, I, and I told you this uh, years back that I, I genuinely think this is going to be like WNUF has legs. It's going to be one of those like passed down movies. Yeah. I think you're, I think it's the one I'm remembering. Yeah, yeah, he that and I, I've already seen it with him. Like he, you know, I mean, they if they get it, you know, if Gen Z yeah. gets it, you're you're already on the right path. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But it's also funny what you just talked about with like TikTok and stuff. Like the commercials might go over better with them anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And honestly, like, it, it, and I'm sure people have already said this to you, but like, if you market on there, oh my god, yeah. you'll have them all. <laughs> that's a good that's yeah. i should do that that's a really good piece of advice I, yeah i uh for like my actual job i'm a marketing director for uh, an automation like a robotics company yeah and we have a tiktok <laughs> because like i was yeah. like look if people will watch robots on there like mm-hmm. you know i just set it to rap music and write dumb right. shit i like cool. it so <laughs> But I, I think you're right. They like they'll get that. They'll connect to that piece. Yeah. Um, um, we should probably also talk about before we wrap things up. Is the yes. Um, well, Beach Creeper is our band. Yeah, we're on. They band talk camp. about Tail Hour too. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Beach Creeper is super fun. We're on Bandcamp. We have three songs on there right now. Right now. Okay. Um, we're working on recording some other stuff, but it's basically a like um, horror surf punk band about okay. and monsters. So yeah. we have songs about like Dracula being at the beach or, <laughs> you know, like the mummy being a bartender, like stuff like that. It's just really goofy. We have a song about Mothman that's just like a whole list of everything that happens in that story. It's just all the facts of the Mothman story. That's her favorite. She's obsessed <laughs> yeah. with the Mothman. Oh, like, oh really? Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big like time. Have you guys been to the Mothman Festival before? Yeah. Are... Yes. Yes. Me, well, us and my brother and sister-in-law really want to go. That is... Like, you guys get right. If, if you guys go, let us know. We'll meet you there. Yeah, yeah, okay. deal, awesome. deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we fully so intend on going. So yeah, um, nice. And um, yeah, and then Shocktail Hour. Like I'm, I'm kind of in this mode where. So I've been like live streaming everything on Facebook, but man, I just like want to get away from Facebook. Understood, but I just like yeah. like you know that I've built up like not a huge audience by any stretch of the imagination but like I just don't know what would happen if I transitioned completely away from that like and try to do it on YouTube or what but for now I'm doing um every Sunday evening I'm doing Aurora's bedtime stories which is just like Aurora reading stories like reading sure. spooky stories yeah. um and then roughly once a month once every two months I do a full show but like the thing that's hard there is 
when I was showing stuff like in person, it's like you pay play a little like fast and loose with like what you're showing. But then right. on Facebook, we tried to show an episode of like, are you afraid of the dark on Facebook? And like, it just got shut down yeah. and it was like, well, show's <laughs> over, I guess. Like yeah. you can't do this. Cause you know, I guess they're looking to really monetize. Are you afraid of the dark? Um, you know, <laughs> so, so we, uh. there's, lot more effort in the more recent shows like aside from stuff like showing what happens next will scare you but yeah. like yeah. clip shows where we like reach out to like people who have made stuff and are right. cool with us showing them and aren't gonna yeah. get flagged for like ip so um i'm looking forward to like getting back to the live show but yeah. this has been it's been fun yeah you it know? has been fun yeah yeah, yeah. it, it, it feels like a real hard to have that broadcast component that's true yeah it made yeah. you creative yeah. in different ways mm -hmm. yeah 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 like yeah. i started with um with doing it remotely and doing live streams like i open each show with like making a cocktail and a mocktail and like actually I, like walk everybody through making everything it's like that stuff that i wasn't doing like at yeah. the the live shows so yeah. it's been fun to explore that kind of stuff i've been sort of very casually working on like writing some scripts for like actually like you know filming some stuff and then using some like public domain material to like actually do a show that we might put on dvd or might like you know send That's to some fun. other folks mm -hmm. yeah so we'll see that, like the day job monster host element is always going to have an audience there's always yeah, for sure yeah someone yeah. that wants to see that and yeah. i i love that um the last thing i have to ask who have you guys discovered is a fan of what you're doing that you were like, oh shit, really? Like the, like the famous, like who is the famous person that you were like, get the fuck out of here, no shit? It's, it's hard, to, it's weird. Like <clears throat> WMF has found people that just like, yeah, it, it's yeah. to be known. Like, like, like Adam Wingard um, was like tweeting about it the first week it came out. It was like, I got to see this. Like, um, like Ryan Turkic, Turek, um, the head of development at Blumhouse, like gave us money for the sequel. Um, who's the guy? Um, he's a drummer of some metal band, but he's like, he's on Howard Stern all the time because um, he does movie picks for him. Richard something. He he loves the movie and he um, tweeted about it a couple of times. Um, I feel like somebody commented on something on Shock Tale Hour, like within the past year where I was like, whoa, that's cool. But now I can't remember who it was. Yeah. So that's a really good story. <laughs> But like I got really excited when like Rue Morg magazine's Instagram account started following mine yeah, and I was yeah, like, that's sure. cool and unexpected. Like yeah. what? How do you know I exist? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, and I would assume, I mean, I'm just assuming that John Waters knows what you guys are doing. He, he it's funny, I've never talked to him. I never had a conversation with him, but he knows about the, the movies we make because yeah. like, I mean, I'm the, fa the famous one for me that I always thought was funny was like, there was a stack of the WF DVDs at Atomic Books where he picks up his mail. Yeah. And somebody was saying, oh, hey, you should pick this up. And he like sort of said some dismissive thing, but he said, those kids will have like a three picture studio deal in no time. <laughs> and like, like he's like, he's super cool. I mean, he, he hangs out like not all the time, but he hangs out in, like punk bars. But we've mm -hmm. always been really respectful because like, you don't want to be the guy that comes up to him and talks to him when he's out. And he's just trying to hang out. Yeah. Like, and that's like, like, that's not cool. Uh, but it's like, but he, he's, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's royalty, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, and I've seen too, I, I, I have seen musicians and I've seen a couple comedians and I wish I could remember who have tweeted about WNUF specifically. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it, and like, I feel like 
I know like after we finish this, we'll remember like, oh, this person and that person. I mean, like, and the coolest ones are people that I really respect. Like just like talking to like Henry Zabrowski of last yeah. podcast, sure. of like talking about him. I mean, like easily, I mean, like it's cool when you, when you connect with someone that you like their art and they like your art, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Yeah. So that's like something that's really like, it's really special. And really just like, that's the thing like, I like, I love making art and making movies for that connection. We're yeah. like, oh, we could just like hang out at a bar and talk about like making movies. And it's not necessarily about like a transaction. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. I have a, a, I'm, we're friends with uh, Marty DeRosa, who's a comedian from Chicago. And he texts me about, we text about movies all the time. Yeah. I remember when WNUF hit uh, Shutter. Yeah. He was like, I get this text. He's like, have you ever seen this movie? And I was like, funny, you should mention that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's, so awesome. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And like, I, I love knowing, like, I have the utmost admiration for what you guys do and what you create and seeing, like, seeing it get the recognition it deserves because it's this thing you made and fuck everything around it. We're making this because we care about what we're making. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is, like, the, the best example that any young artist can take and go, like, see, they did that. And then he was shit what anybody said. I can do this, yeah. too. <laughs> And I, That's think, true. I, I hope that is the takeaway from my life. <laughs> Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. Wait, that was, was that the message? It'll be on your tombstone. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> but he made it. Yeah. Well, guys, I feel like we could talk to you all day. We have a kinship with you guys. Um, yeah, for sure, man. And eventually we'll all be in the same room together. Yeah, great. definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I, there are some people I'm like, I don't need to be in the same room as them. <laughs> like you guys is different. I, <laughs> I, I I look forward to that day and uh and we anytime you want to come on, anything you have to promote. Cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. We'll gladly have you on. So awesome. Uh, where can people find you guys online? Um, so primarily for me on Instagram, um, Aurora underscore Gorealis, um, or on Facebook, Shocktail Hour with Aurora Gorealis. Um, if you want to see more from Beach Creeper, we're on Bandcamp. Um, Vanishing Hitchhikers is also on Bandcamp. That's the best place to hear our music. Um, and then Chris, are you like steering people toward Twitter now? I feel like twi- Twitter is mostly what I'm steering people toward now, just because I, I, I don't like accept everybody's friend request on Facebook, just, be- just because it's getting a, a little scene. Um, yeah. it, so it's twitter.com slash Chris LaMartina. And then also Instagram. I think it's, um, uh, Instagram. Um, you're just Chris LaMartina. I think it's Chris. Oh, dot, do you have a dot? Chris dot LaMartina. I think yeah. it but is. You, I mean, my, my name is like, you're not going to find another Chris LaMartina. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't know. Or you might actually you're you not might. gonna you, find another Chris Lamartine. <laughs> that's what I told you, Chris. <laughs> <Yeah, right? laughs> well, guys, this this was great, and you are welcome back on the show anytime. We'd love to have you. So um, yeah, thanks cool. for having us. Uh, yeah, and we'll include we'll include the, the stuff in the bios for the show. So uh, so uh, we hope everybody enjoys. Until next week, we'll we'll see you later.